This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today is the third episode in a series on building an effective exercise program that yields predictable and sustainable results. What I've done is curated information from almost two decades of research and experience in the field of human performance. And today I'm going to walk you through the six training principles that you can use when designing your exercise program. These are the same principles I've used with my athletes in the past and that you need to know when creating your plan. But before we get started, if you enjoy listening to The Blueprint, would you please take a few moments and hit the subscribe button on whichever listening platform you are listening on, as this is one of the best ways that you can help support the podcast. All right, let's dig in. In the coming episodes, we'll be going deep I mean really deep on the training methods to improve things like strength, aerobic fitness, and mobility. But before we get into the training methods we'll employ, I want to cover a few fundamental training principles that will be critical to your success. If you're going to get long-term training results, you must have a good understanding of the principles of specificity, overload, intent, volume, intensity, and rest. So we're going to break them down. Let's start with specificity. As my good friend Keir Winham Flat says, repetition is the mother of skill. Simply stated, you get what you train for. If you want to get good at cycling, you need to cycle. If you want to get stronger, you need to do some form of resistance training. Your body will adapt to whatever stimulus you consistently present it. And this is referred to as the said principle or specific adaptation to impose demands. So for example, if all you do is run long distances, your body is going to adapt so that you can become a more efficient runner. With consistent training, your mechanical efficiency will improve and your body will shed muscle, actually, and fat mass. Also, your heart will become more efficient by pumping more blood per beat and your muscles will adapt to utilize more oxygen more efficiently because your body wants to become more efficient, it's going to change. On the flip side, if you start training like a power lifter, your muscles will become larger, your bones will become more dense, your tendons and ligaments will thicken, and your body will learn to manage heavy loads without crumbling. The next principle is overload. Consistent improvement in physical performance is the result of an exercise or training overload on the body. Also, to reach a new level of power or strength, the magnitude of training must surpass your current ability. You can say it like this, you got to train on the edge of your ability. So I don't know if you remember the story, the old story of Milo and the calf. Milo was a 6th century BC wrestler from the city of Croton. The story goes that Milo developed freakish strength by hoisting onto his shoulders a newborn calf one day when he was a little boy and then lifting it every day as he grew and as the calf grew. Over time, he was soon able to lift a fully grown cow. The moral of the story is this, by slowly increasing load over time, it's pretty stinking impossible not to improve or to get stronger in this case. Strength, and we'll talk about this later, is like falling out of a boat. It's really hard not to get stronger if you just progressively do a little bit more. But I see that a lack of patience is where most people fail. We all want to get stronger or more powerful like right now. So we go to the gym and we lift as much as we can, as often as we can, and soon we end up injured and burnt out. Slow and steady will always win the race. And I'm from Texas, and in my home state, we love to smoke meat. And the king of all meats to smoke is a brisket. And it can take 8 to 12 hours to smoke a brisket that's worthy 
of serving to your friends. So if I were to invite my friends over and I serve them a microwaved brisket, well, let's just say that it wouldn't go over very well. And when it comes to developing strength or training in general, slow cook it and never get far from it. Finally, when it comes to overload, you need to understand the concept of minimal effective dose. So imagine you go see your doctor for a mild headache, which most people wouldn't, but let's just say you did. The doctor tells you that you need to take eight aspirin three times a day for your headache. You're probably going to see that doctor like never again. Or let's say an exterminator came over to fix an anthill with a hand grenade. You'd be calling the police. It's just overkill. To get long-term training results, you need to just work enough to create a positive change. Over time, you'll need to look work a little bit more with a little more intensity to see improvement. But when you're just starting out, a minimum effective dose strategy works wonders. You'll be able to see steady improvement with less injuries and less burnout. The next principle is intent. Have you ever heard it said, it's not what you do, but how you do it? Well, this absolutely applies to exercise. The intent with which you lift a weight or throw a medicine ball or perform a jump will have a downstream effect on how quickly you improve. Research demonstrates that your intention to move weight fast, no matter how light or heavy the weight is, will impact your ability to produce force. Therefore, I recommend using a method called compensatory acceleration. The acronym is CAT. Compensatory acceleration is a method in which you are trying to move the bar or dumbbell or medicine ball with maximum acceleration. So let's say you're doing a standard bench press exercise. You'd lower the weight under control, then intensely intentionally explode and move the bar as fast as possible until you reach the locked out position. The key thing is to remember that your intent in training is directly related to your training outcomes. The next principle we're going to address is volume. Volume is defined as the total work performed during a training session or for a specific exercise. And it can be easily calculated as sets times reps. So if you did three sets of 10, that's 30 reps, that's your volume. The human body is highly adaptable and is designed to thrive under hostile conditions. However, not everyone will adapt at the same training rate. Why? There's a host of factors, sleep, stress, nutrition, outside factors like your relationships. And you can measure all that with wearable tech. Therefore, one size does not fit all. The weight loss industry isn't a great example of this. There isn't just one magic way to lose weight. Some people have success with a higher carbohydrate diet. Others thrive with lower carbohydrate intake. Some do great with intermittent fasting. Some people don't. My point is, is not everyone is the same. Some people will need minimal exercise volume to improve, which is probably 85% of you. Others that have been training for a very, very long time may require a higher training volume or intensity, which is my next point. Training intensity is one of the most critical concepts and performance. And it can be difficult to explain as it can be measured in many ways. And it's really relative to the individual. Miladin Jovanovic states that there are three components to intensity, load, intent, and exertion. Load is related to the amount of weight being lifted in absolute terms like pounds or kilograms or relative terms using the percentage of your one repetition maximum. So the one repetition maximum is the maximum amount of weight you can lift one time. So you could say I'm going to do 50% of my one rep max and that would be a relative intensity. Intent relates to how the athlete or the person executes the exercise. So for instance, that compensatory acceleration thing we mentioned, your intention impacts the intensity of your exercise. So if 
if you just move a weight really nice and slow and easy versus trying to accelerate as hard as you can or lowering it really slowly and intending to go through a yielding motion, that can really change things. Finally, exertion relates to how the weight feels and is expressed as the rate of perceived exertion, RPE, or reps in reserve, RIR. Those are the acronyms that you might see used in different places. The RPE scale was initially developed by Dr. Gunnar Borg as a simple way of estimating heart rate, and it has been used for numerous clinical applications. If you've ever done a Bruce Protocol stress test with your cardiologist, you've used a Borg scale. The Borg scale has since been modified and adapted for sports science applications. I used to use this with my athletes because it gave them a bit more control over the loads they use, and I highly recommend it for you. An RPE of zero, so the scale that I like to use is zero to 10, and an RPE of zero is equivalent to resting, whereas an RPE of 10 would be considered a maximal effort, like nothing left in the tank. So you need to anchor everything on a 10. So regarding strength training, a 10 out of 10 would be the heaviest load you could possibly lift for one rep, like barely get it. In regards to conditioning, it would be the most exhaustive session you could ever perform where you are like completely exhausted, like I'm running a marathon or two hour Peloton ride, something crazy. The beauty of the RPE scale is that you get to know your body better and you can really dial the weight in based on how you feel that day. So some days a seven may feel a little bit more like a 10 and other days a 10 may feel more like a seven. That's just the natural course of training and how your body fluctuates. And using the RPE method gives you more control. And actually that's what I use in my AIM7 app for things like weight training because it gives users more control. The RIR or reps and reserve method offers another way to look at this. So let's say I ask you to perform a deadlift exercise using your 10RM as a reference point. That's your 10 repetition maximum. But I told you only to perform eight reps. This would mean that you left two reps in reserve or left in the tank. For some people, it's easier to think of how many reps they would leave in the tank. For others, it's easier to ascribe a feeling or number to the load. The choice is yours. Finally, and maybe most importantly, is a rest. Rest between sets and rest between days of training. And we're gonna go into the weeds on how much rest you need between sets to improve strength and how that may differ from improving muscle size or power-based activities. But without the adequate rest, you cannot generate the force you need to create an appropriate training adaptation. And if you don't get enough rest between exercise sessions or between days, you are going to slowly burn yourself out. So let's recap. The six things you need to understand and manipulate when it comes to designing Your exercise program are specificity, overload, intent, volume, intensity, and rest. I hope you found today's podcast useful. And if you did, would you please leave us a review and a comment in the Apple Podcast app? This simple act will help us reach more people with the message of the blueprint. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.